Episode 3, Tom Jackson. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. Welcome back to Gut Plus Science, the best podcast for America's greatest leaders. On this show, we talk people, people in the workplace, and how we as leaders can help employees make the greatest and most meaningful impact. I'm your host, Nikki Llewellyn. I have the honor of working alongside some of the best CEOs and presidents in our nation and collaborating with them to share their learning so that all of us can grow and thrive. So today we have a guest that reminds me of one of my very favorites, which is um, one of the greatest NFL coaches, Tony Dungy. And I spent some time looking up things about Tony Dungy, and I narrowed it down to a couple of quotes that I just love. The first is, the secret to success is good leadership, and good leadership is all about making the lives of your team members or workers better. Another quote, a good teacher is one who helps everyone earn an A. And here's the third one I like. A good leader gets people to follow him because they want to, not because he makes them. I just love that. So I was thinking today, I love to open up with statistics or or something just inspiring. And I was thinking about the guest that I have on the show today, and he made me think of Tony Dungy. Are you still using Pulse surveys? How about annual questionnaires? If your organization relies on either of these, it's time to discover Amplify. Amplify has created a new way to measure employee engagement. It's where CEOs who want to know what's really happening within a workforce go to get honest feedback and to understand what needs to change for people to love their work. Companies that have used Amplify have increased productivity by as much as 30% in just three months. Best of all, it's not just data that Amplify provides. Executives get hands-on coaching with engagement specialists, people who know exactly what to do with the data. To see their latest research on employee engagement, visit Amplify.com. Today we are talking with Tom Jackson, president of Steel Encounters. What are you doing in real life to really move the needle and engage and retain your employees? Share those strategies. My key strategies, five of them, to engage and retain our employees are this. Number one, we wanted to reach our employees where they are. We have three separate office buildings in Salt Lake and a fabrication facility in Salt Lake also. We have an office in Seattle, an office in Jacksonville, Arkansas, and a new office in Portland, Oregon, as well as employees scattered all over job sites in Hawaii and the Intermountain. And so with this diverse workforce on job sites and in offices, we decided that we would create an employee engagement app with all of our benefits and company information on it. And secondly, to motivate our people to download the app on their personal phones, we are reimbursing them $40 a month, or they can take a company iPhone and we'll pay for the program for them. And this has been a very effective way for us to communicate with our employees. Our second strategy is measuring employee engagement so that we can understand the areas of the company and issues that we need to work on to help our employees. And to do this, we engaged Amplify a year ago, and we've completed four quarters of employee engagement surveys. 
or we have true metrics to understand how our employees are doing. Most business leaders, if you ask them what their key metrics are, will share financials, profit and loss statement, cash flow, things like that. That is important, and that is the most important measurement for a business. If you don't make money, you go out of business. But I also believe the other key metric is understanding and measuring employee engagement. My third strategy is to meet employees' needs. And what I mean by this is assisting employees when they're having difficulty with life's troubles that happen to everyone. And so we hired an employee assistance company or employee assistance program, which we've loaded on our app. Our employees can call them directly for free. We pay for this to get help with life's issues. Maybe if there's a a death in the family and they are dealing with grief, or if they want marriage counseling or financial counseling or other types of help, they can call that number and with anonymity uh, get help. My fourth strategy is an employee development program. And this is training opportunities that we offer to supervisors and managers on how to help their people and to do a good job running the business, as well as we've created an online, what I call Steel Encounters University, where our trainings and classes are recorded and employees can access it through an iPhone or through an iPad and see videos and tapes of a previous training. My last one, and this is the most exciting one, I think, the most impactful, is branding company culture. And to do this, we've we've done a number of things. I'm a traditionalist. We have traditions throughout the year. We go to an amusement park. We cook hamburgers in the parking lot at the beginning of summer and pancakes at the end of summer. And we've taken our employees to a bowling alley for a holiday party. We've done this for several years now. Employees love it, and it gives them opportunity to have fellowship together. Well, recently, we created a video, and we asked our employees to share with us what they loved about our culture, our traditions, and what they like about working at Still Encounters. I had no idea how impactful this video is. So by branding company culture, this is what is shared within the company and outside the company by our employees themselves. If you want to see that, it's called I Love Seal Encounters and it's on YouTube. That video is incredible. Thank you. So Tom, I'd love for you to uh, dive in just a little bit to when you've measured engagement and then found areas that have been challenges or opportunities. I like to say opportunities. Because, you know, you dive in to be able to see what you can do better and it might look like a challenge or a hurdle. What's been the greatest one and what are you, what have you seen like progress on because you've taken some action on it? And what are some other areas that you're still working through, through that data that you've um, been able to find this information? I would say there's, there's a couple of things, but the first was gaining the employee's trust. And what I mean by this In our early surveys, we had maybe a a 60% participation. In our last survey, we were well over 80%. So people were concerned about giving feedback to management. And so as the year has gone by since we began this, my communication with the employees is, please, 
tell us what you need and how you feel about your work and about management and the company. I need unvarnished feedback. Let's not do this survey just to create great numbers, but to share with me how you're doing at work. So some of the things that I've learned over this last year, number one is to be more transparent, to be real, to tell people my concerns and even my feelings about how we're doing and being approachable. And I think that those couple of strategies have really brought people a long ways and managers a long ways in communicating and understanding how their employees feel about them and about our company. That's incredible. And then when you decided to do the video as part of your branding your company culture and you hear people saying, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have this place. It's like my foundation for friends and what I love to do. It's like, wow, you know, can't even imagine watching that later and then hearing those comments because of the, I think so much of it is due to that authenticity strategy that you have that people just, it's like, this isn't where I come and I go to work. This is where I, yes, come and I go to work and I build friendships and I have fun and I enjoy what I'm doing and I feel meaningful. It's all that, you know, all in one, which is just, you could just see that alive in that video. So cool. Tom, I want you to talk for just a minute because you had mentioned EAP and it was my very first job. So out of school, my very first job, and this has been a while ago now, uh, about uh, probably 14 years, was in EAP, Employee Assistance Programs. And I was so excited to see that that was one of your five. And you said that that is now tied into your mobile app, which you're just loving the mobile app because that helps all of your people be able to easily connect and you to connect with them. Tell me more. It sounds like you've got a big heart for this EAP program for people out there, leaders out there that might not know about it or thought EAP was maybe dead. Like they didn't think it was around anymore or something. Just explain a little bit more about um, how that works and what that's doing for your people. Well, the employee assistance program is a, it's a service that our employees can contact and, and I would never know who is calling them and asking them for help. But many employees have come up and thanked me. I, I can think of three individuals last year that were suffering grief from a loss of a parent. But all three of these employees came up to me and thanked me and said they don't know how they would have gotten through life after the loss of a parent without having that professional counselor to go talk to, to be able to, to share their feelings and get it out. Our EAP also offers a, a Dave Ramsey course. They have a, a marriage counseling and marriage uh, or relationship reconciliation classes that are held on Saturdays. And, you know, sometimes somebody may need somebody just to talk to that's not related to them, a family member. Or, you know, they just want a little more privacy to be able to talk to somebody. I think that that's been very, very impactful in helping our people deal with life. Being in that world in my background and training or school, I have an undergrad and graduate degree in mental health. So I very much can empathize with, you know, the things that throw us off as human beings that are, you know, family related or, um, you know, mental health related or situational issues. And, you know, you even talked about in your presentation, the statistic about 70% of people being in a disengaged category or not engaged, you know, in work. And I think, a lot of times we put 
all of this emphasis on these are all very controllable things that, you know, we can make our managers better, or we can make our, our culture better, all these things. But where EAP is just so powerful is we have to realize that there are many spokes on the wheel that happen outside of the workplace that can affect that engagement. And I think it's something that is just so important as a leader to recognize. And just like you said, there's employees that have come up and thanked you for having that that platform because if they just called up, you know, whatever number and said, I need to come in and do a session, it could be like 200 bucks, you know, and people make decisions not to do it because it's expensive. And so I just think that the value of that and you saying that EAP employee assistance programs are one of five of your keys to um, engaging your people is just, I mean, it just says a lot. I know a big piece for you, Tom, at Steel Encounters is developing your people and you really believe in the growth and development of, of your employees. What are you reading right now personally, or what's a, what's a favorite book that you'd like to share with everybody? Well, there's, there's a couple. Right now, I am reading Work Rules with Laszlo Block. I'm really enjoying that book. Uh, there's been some, some key things I've learned in there. And just recently, I read uh, Radical Candor by Kim Scott. And then another book, and this one was very, very impactful for me also, is Love Works by Joel Mamby. I've not heard of that. Those are probably my three recent reads. Uh, there's also one other one, uh, Catalytic Coaching, which I'm employing right now with my direct reports. I meet with them every two weeks for two hours. I have seven managers that report directly to me. We spend an hour talking about business and we spend an hour talking about their personal growth goals, um, goals for work, goals for their uh, education and goals for their personal life. And my drive in this is that those seven people can affect many people within the company. Besides, I care about them very much as individuals, but if they grow, they can help the people that work for them grow. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Here's my first question when it comes to leaders. Let's say when you're recruiting for your team of leaders, your direct reports, what are the key attributes or what are some key things that you could teach our, our listeners that you look for first? Well, I think that the, the first most important is that people, I look for people that are teachable. They're humble enough that positive or negative feedback they can put to use in their life. You know, I, I, I want to encourage people, but I also would like people that I can talk to with radical candor that can, that can take that and can apply something for their own personal growth. The other things, and, and you know, you'd say this in any organization probably, but I look for people that do what they say they're going to do. They have integrity. They keep their word. They are hungry to learn. They're hungry to learn about our trade, the technical side of it, but they're also hungry to learn to be better managers. I think that's, that's a very important attribute. And people that really love what we do, the construction and of these complicated buildings that we work on, they love the trade part of it, and they like working with people, and they can motivate their team 
yeah, I think a good leader can see what needs to happen and can organize and motivate and lead a team to attack the problem or make a plan to build a complicated building and be successful. And those are the kinds of leaders that I want working for me. You talked a lot about one of the keys to engagement was being able to meet your people where they are from a communication standpoint. You're doing all these incentives to help make sure that everybody can get on the same page with that is what I was hearing you say. So I know so many people say our greatest challenge is having a remote workforce. They We don't see, touch, and feel them all the time. And from what you said, Tom, you are empowering your leaders to then empower the the rest of your people. And so how do you do that? Like, what are some keys to building the, the managers that are out in the field affecting the frontline employees that are out doing the work? Like, what are your tips on that? In previous positions that I had at, at Steel Encounters as construction manager and operations manager, we put together a field manual for our field leaders with answers for, for difficult issues that they may encounter on a, on a project and procedures to overcome those issues. And so we have training for our field supervisors where that manual is reviewed and there's also other training that they're given. And they receive probably six or eight trainings a year, which we record and they're available to them to go back and listen to on their iPhones and iPads. So that's that's just part of the training portion of that. But for me to engage with them directly, I have a monthly safety meeting where those key field leaders come in and they meet with me and my safety director. And we talk about the issues and problems that are they're having on their job site. And the most important thing from a a construction company culture, any company is employee safety. We want our employees going home safe at night. And they know that from me, that there were no nonsense about that. But going further into engagement with the people on the job sites, I love to go to the job sites. That's where I feel the most comfortable and home. What I like to do is be there at the start of the morning our men do a, a stretch and flex. They warm up, they go through a, a set of exercises to help warm up their bodies and get stretched out so that they are not injured. Right after that stretch and flex, I like to talk to them. I like to thank them for their hard work. I, I love to tell them how our customers view our company through the eyes of looking at them on the job site, how they act, how professional they are, how well they can keep our schedule, how safe they are, and most importantly, well, not as important as safety, but the quality of the work and the service that we provide to our customers. They need to hear how important they are to our success as a company, and they love to hear that. It matters to them very, very much. The other thing I like to tell them is everything they do matters to me personally, even if it's a a boring task, it still matters that they do it well. And they seem to appreciate that. I think that that's the warmest response I get from our people is talking to them on the job site and offering that encouragement. I wish I could do it more often. I try to make every job site 
about once every three months if I can do it. But it's a it's an encouraging moment, and I just love to hear their stories of the the people that are performing the work for us. That is so great, and you know something that I believe so strongly in is um, the importance of helping all employees, no matter what role you play, to feel meaning in their work. I think the old school way of measuring happiness and throwing happiness factors like, you know, here's a gift card or here's snacks or whatever. uh, They're so temporary, you know, you forget about them after you're hungry again. So, you know, the, the fact that the things that you're doing and visiting job sites and helping them understand the big picture of what their work is doing and saying thank you. I think people underestimate, especially in an executive level, how powerful that is. It is just so powerful because, you know, that they're talking about that at their dinner, dinner table. They're saying to their friends who are like, I haven't seen our CEO in like a year. You know, they're saying, yeah, he was hanging out with us today doing stretches. Like, it's just such a big deal. And I think that the more that we help the, our leaders, you know, in America realize that five minutes of their presence is can go such a long way such a long way. And meaning is everything, helping employees find meaning. They don't leave, they don't leave for $10 an hour versus, you know, even a dollar, you know, or whatever, when they feel that, that is the key. And you're, that's just so neat. So I have as a recurring calendar appointment every Friday at 1030, I have a reminder that pops up on my computer. And that is to, I I take out a note card and I, I seek input from people within the company, but I like to send a card to somebody and just thank them tell them I'm grateful for an extraordinary effort that they made or that somebody actually took the time to, to do something that maybe they wouldn't have normally been noticed for. And I like to include in that card, it, it's not a great amount on a gift card, but you know, I like to give out gift cards to, for them to have some kind of experience. Maybe it's movie tickets or a dinner but I think that if they go out and they remember that that came from, from me and from the company, they may remember that experience more than they would if, if I just gave them a monetary gift at the moment. I, I so agree. I, just, I love that note card idea. And I will say the note card, you could, you could give someone a $100 gift card and they will so value that $100 gift card and that dinner they have. But that note card with your written words on them in my opinion, goes 10 times as far. So you packaging that bundle together, incredible. I mean, it's just, it's really making an impact. And so I think a lot of times we overlook that stuff. We're like, oh yeah, they, they could give it or take it. No, they, it really makes a big deal, big difference. Tom, we are running out of time and I wish we could talk all day, but I'm going to end with uh, one more question and then I'll ask you if you have anything that you just want to add to make sure that we're, we're getting the word out about this great information that you have to share. Tom, here's my question. What does the future of Steel Encounters look like? And how do you see what you're going to have to do to shift either the culture or shift the organization to get to the next level? Or is it a maintenance thing on where you're at right now? Like, how do you go from where you are now to where you want to be with your people? I think the key word to this is multiply. A CEO of a company can lead and, and does set the tone but you need to impact and inspire the lives of the people you work with, especially people that are our leaders. If I am successful in accomplishing that, in getting all of our leaders 
on board with this, the, it'll be a, a catalytic result that will continue on for years after I'm gone. That's my hope is to have that kind of legacy. And so when I look to the future, I look to the future in 10, 15 years, I'll be retired and gone from this company. But if I can inspire and impact the lives of people now that can make a difference in other people's lives, then this great company culture will continue far into the future. When you think about culture, leadership, engagement, any key tips that we should add in there before we wrap up today's talk? I think that as leaders, we need to train ourselves to to really reach out and understand people. I think that reading how somebody is doing and being able to know when to start asking questions or, or to maybe draw out from them if there's something that's concerning them or if they've got maybe a problem at home or, or some kind of stress, I think it is so important for us to be able to understand the people we work with and to be approachable by them and to really understand them. I think that that is the most important thing in building a great culture. In our conversations with CEOs and hiring managers, we hear they're frustrated with traditional recruiting. From outrageous fees to focusing on candidates before clients, the process was broken and needed to be fixed. Enter Titus Talent. Titus Talent Strategy serves its clients using passionate people, a proven process, and unparalleled performance. Oh, and did we mention they guarantee the performance of their candidates for 12 months? If you want to learn how they're disrupting the recruitment space, head over to TitusTalent.com. That's T-I-T-U-S-T-A-L-E-N-T dot com. All right, guys, this brings us to our Truth You Can Act On section, which is a great place to be able to jot down a couple of key takeaways that you'll bring to your office or share with a friend and inspire them to go do some good with what we've learned here today. So chalk full 20 minutes of learning from Tom. And here's my key takeaways. Authenticity in vulnerability is key. So it's so important as leaders to dumb it down or take off the suit and tie and be authentic and just connect with employees as human beings, human being to human being, and really just having great human interaction um, to, to truly build those relationships. It's, it's hard to do because it's this balancing act, I think, for a lot of us that are in leadership roles of, you know, we want to make sure to walk the fine line on keeping things professional and not, we don't want anyone to worry if there's things going on that we really want to share about, but don't want to, you know, cause any worry or, or rumors to get started or whatever, all of those things. Yes, absolutely. Keep those in mind. But just remember the more authentic you are as a leader and just spending one-on-one time connecting with people, the better and just really sharing your journey. Second thing, checking in and um, spending time with your team members, talking through their personal growth journey and their challenges as much as their professional growth stuff. So if you had a two hour meeting, you know, the thought of breaking that in half and spending just as much time on helping them develop themselves as an individual in all the other areas of their life 
as important as growing professionally and, and meeting the goals of your business. Uh, third thing is the power of personal recognition, even in the littlest forms, make the greatest impact. So writing out a note on a note card, um, not even fancy, it can go such a long way because it's meaningful, it's authentic, it's real. And those words come from the heart of what you think about that person. So how to do more personal recognition with simple touches, with you know kindness and love coming from your words, which is wonderful. And um, lastly, as a leader, especially for those of you that have many different job sites and many different shifts, it's so important to figure out how to be present on a quote unquote regular basis. You know, a couple of times a year, you know, spend time on second shift or third shift as much as possible. Go and see your people out in the field and go travel to new locations um, to see just outside of uh, your office. So just a couple of key takeaways. I'm sure you got so much out of today's session, just like I did. I encourage you to take one or two of these ideas, take them back to your workplace and do something with them. We'll see you on the next show. Gut Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.